Here's the truth. A pretty logo and a pretty website won't sell things on their own. Branding is both the words and the aesthetic combined. Your wording or copy is the yin to the look, and your visible presence is the yang to your messaging. Whether I'm consulting with a new entrepreneur or an established small business on branding, website, or marketing projects, my initial questions are all the same. If you are near a pen and paper, you may want to jot this down. My first question is, tell me about your company. What are your services? Can you describe it in three bullet points? If your business doesn't have a mission statement, this is a great exercise to start building one. My second question is, who is your target audience? Who is your ideal customer that you are trying to reach? You can answer this with demographic information like gender, age, region. What are their interests, career, hobbies? Be specific. What you write down doesn't mean you're excluding other people. It means you are targeting a specific group of people because they are going to be most interested in what you have to offer. My third question is, what problem are you solving for this customer? How will it benefit their life? How will it benefit your community? People want to know how you're going to help them survive or thrive. This exercise is the start of creating a unique selling point. I've seen more and more businesses use this tactic on their landing pages. For example, someone trying to sell you social media marketing might say, Are you tired of being on that content hamster wheel and hustling for more followers? Yes. Yes, I am. Thank you, Kelly, for solving this problem for me. Sold. Jot down how you're going to add value or what you're going to solve for your customer. If you're a product-based company, maybe focus on how your products differentiate from the competition or how your service or experience alongside the products will make you different. It's true, connecting with your audience and the story behind the company is going to help, but they aren't going to convert to sales unless they're clear on how you are going to improve their life. Question number four, what are your values and what is the overall feeling you want your marketing to convey? This question will help you develop your brand voice and your content strategy. If building trust is important to you, then you'll want to use your brand voice and copy to convey transparency. Are you funny? Maybe humor is a good way for you to tell your story. If education is something you value, then using your voice to educate your audience is a must. What about peace, kindness, security, transparency? What values do you hold dear? Question number five, who's your competition? It's just good business sense and marketing planning to look around so that you can position yourself and create a unique brand with unique selling points. Look at your target audience and write down who's your competition for their attention. And last question, what are the other brands or stores that resonate with you? What are they saying to you? What do you love about their aesthetic? After I run through these questions with my clients, I move on to developing their unique selling statement, mission, and vision statements. The next step is working on their brand identity, logo, Colors, fonts, symbols, all that fun stuff. Like I said, looking around is helpful to find inspiration or patterns in what aesthetic you love and more importantly, what your audience will love. I usually suggest my clients hop on Pinterest and create a board to start pinning fonts, colors, quotes, and images they like. 
If Pinterest isn't your thing, I've also had clients take screenshots and create PowerPoint slides or hit that handy save button on Instagram. Create a collection to host your inspiration. This exercise will save you a lot of time when it comes to working with your logo designer or website designer. Now I'm going to welcome a friend, Gretchen Clark, with March 4th Design to join the conversation. Gretchen has been a graphic designer professionally for 18 years, and she founded March 4th Design five years ago. So Gretchen, can you explain a little bit about what you do? Sure. I help people visually communicate who they are, what they do, and why it matters. If you were to define brand, what is, what is a brand to you? A, a brand to me is a story, really. It's a story that a business is telling. It's a feeling that you get um, about that. Uh, we're busy <laughs> and life is scrolling by like a truck on the highway and our attention span is getting shorter by the day, it seems. Um, so first impressions have never been more critical. And so the question to people is, is your brand making the right impression? Is it telling the right story? So as you already know, Savannah, branding is more than just your logo. Um, A logo is just one component of your brand. Branding is more about how you make people feel. It's a combination of who you are, how you make people feel, and the benefits of your product or service. Everything from how you answer the phone to the colors that you use, the style of imagery in your marketing, and how you present yourself on social media are all part of your brand. And so the visual components um, as part of the brand identity, what what does that include? It would include your logo, your color palette, any of the fonts that you use, and style imagery. So I say that meaning like stock images, you know, do you like to use the stuff that looks more candid and fun and has those funky filters on them from Instagram or similar? Um, And those things together, harmonizing anyways, uh, give give hopefully your target customer the, the feeling and the emotion that you're hoping to convey by your business. Um, it helps support that brand voice, which is kind of a, a more overarching kind of feeling of your brand. So is your brand like fun and playful? Is it very serious and to the point? Is it more classic and traditional? Is it more modern? Is it friendly? There's no real, you know, black and white uh, hard rules. I think, too, when deciding kind of what your brand identity and your brand voice is, um, also deciding on, like, okay, when you're sharing your story and telling your story, um, yeah, how do you want your target audience to feel? So maybe um, if you're naturally a funny person and you can infuse humor into it, then, yeah, you don't probably want, like, a really super serious logo and brand identity. Right. And that's, that's a little um, ambivalence I have in my own personal brand. <laughs> now that you bring that up, because really mine visually is pretty, it's really, it's bold. It's, um, it's very graphic, you know, my logo and even my colors, but I, I do have a, a lot of humor. <laughs> it's just, it spills out naturally. So 
perhaps you could give me some pointers. It's hard to see the label when you're inside the jar. That is true. That is true. I think definitely branding myself has been the hardest task for sure. So I think that also um, brings out the point that, you know, it is good to seek help to do these things, that it is worth having, you know, outside support and mentorship um, when you're trying to turn your vision and your mission into a brand. Right. Definitely. And like you would think a lot of people, maybe it's like the cobbler shoes conundrum, you know, or the mechanic has a, a car that rarely runs or something, but yeah, you, you would think that somebody in my field, like my brand would be stellar and perfect and, you know, but it's really hard when you're doing yourself. So getting yeah. kind of a fresh, more maybe objective perspective from someone else, I think is really, really beneficial. And just being a business owner in general, like you have behind the scenes stuff, business, you have to run a business and serve people. So carving out that time um, and investing in yourself is it's, it's hard, even when you are in our field. So give me um, a couple gr- brand comparisons as far as like visual um, and, and brand identity and how that plays out. Um, and the importance of um, your product and who you're trying to reach. Yeah. So I thought uh, I was thinking up a couple well-known brands that we could do some examples on that people would know and be like, oh yeah, I guess I do feel that way. But I never, our feelings a lot are pretty, you know, subterranean, unconscious. We're not thinking, oh, Coca-Cola makes me feel friendly and family oriented, (laughs) you know, but so um you can have similar products or services, but completely different brands because the branding tells a story. Um, and the brand many times is that story and that's what actually sets them apart, you know, because the products can be so similar. So let's take, for example, a couple of car makers, Volvo and BMW, both of them, both of those companies make luxury vehicles, but Volvo is more, uh, their brand is more driver comfort and, safety and I would risk saying more geared towards women as they tend to be more risk adverse. Um, and then BMW, they're more geared toward or they're promoting with their brand driver experience and performance. If you're someone who likes to drive, <laughs> enjoys driving and you want to drive something well made and that gets up to speed in zero to 60 and whatever seconds that you probably know about <laughs> that I don't. Um, I do not know. Yeah. And I would risk saying that maybe BMW is geared a little bit towards men. Another one would be the well-known soft drink companies, Coke and Pepsi. Pepsi is very generally sports fun and music and targets a younger audience. And Coke is more about family and friendship and being happy. I mean, you'll see that with their polar bears. They have a long history on their side too, which helps, you know, they've been, they can hang their hat on that. Like, yeah, we're like the first major soda cola maker, you know, so they have that going for them as well. Um, So Coke emphasizes, if we really want to distill it down, like Coke emphasizes relationships and Pepsi emphasizes entertainment. You know, Pepsi comes on the scene, they're gonna have to figure out how can we differentiate? And so their method has been you know, a younger demographic and more like fun, entertainment, you know, that kind of stuff. 
I think that's important even in a smaller business in a smaller town. You know, I hate, I don't say like focus on the competition, but it's just smart business sense to look around and see, okay, what are other people's colors and what is, you know, what are they using to sell their story? Um, And just making sure you stand apart. I was just recently working with a nonprofit on getting them kind of a color scheme. Um, And I was like, well, you know, this nonprofit, their main color is this and their main color. And they're like, but we love that color. And I'm like, "Eh." I'm like, why don't we, you know, set you apart a little bit? Because, you know, if someone is scrolling through the feed and they see that color scheme, they might just subconsciously think it's the other brand. So, um, you know, I think that even in small towns and regions that you you should still be thinking about your brand identity. Um, Actually, probably more than ever because (laughs) you have a smaller um, region and audience. So what do you think the steps are to make a strong visual brand or what are your steps? I would say, yeah, what I tell people steps to making a strong visual brand is to one, define who you are, which we've been discussing here at length. So what are your values? What are the benefits of your product or service? Not just the features, you know? So I may sell you a logo design, okay? That's the the feature and one that is scalable and one that is a vector based and it's not going to get distorted or pixelated and it's going to print correctly across many different things. Like those are the the benefit or those are the features, right? But the benefit is it's going to be easier for you to promote your business because the file's going to be correct when you send it to different vendors to get it printed on something. It's going to be a logo that you feel good about, you feel proud of, you're, you know, it aligns with your mission. So like those are the the benefits, more more of the feelings, <laughs> you know, than the features. So number one, define who you are. I want to say, and also, um, you know, when you are doing those initial steps in deciding how you're going to reach your audience, maybe you know up front, you know, I'm really going to want this on a billboard, not just social media, or I'm going to want this decal on my window at my office. So knowing all those things up front too, I think, I think you keep those in mind anyway, when you're designing a logo that, you know, this needs to look good on any medium. Um, But I think also as a potential business owner or business owner deciding those things up front and writing it down is going to is going to help it make more clear on maybe what direction you go with your logo. Yeah, definitely. Number 2 is to define your ideal customer. So all this getting real close crystal clear on stuff, you know? No, no more of this nebulous, oh, I want to sell it to everybody. Everybody needs socks. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I think that in living in a small town, um, people sometimes like, well, yeah, anybody would buy this sofa or, you know, I want everyone to buy my sofas. And um, while you definitely shouldn't set the tone to exclude anyone, it does help to define who you're targeting to make those initial branding and marketing decisions. Mm. And I'm like, no, I think you should exclude people. (laughs) Not, not because you're trying to be a jerk, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the, the yang or the end, I don't know, to, to getting clear on who is it that you are trying to serve. So in the sofa industry, you know, if you're trying to serve the lady who has that, and I'm saying lady, there probably is men like this too. So no offense. Um, you know, who has that like sitting room, you know, or the living room or the parlor or whatever that looks just like it was from a magazine, staged for a magazine that you're afraid to sit there. But that is where she holds 
you know, her visitors on Sundays with tea or, or whatever, you know, and that's totally different than the person's like, my couch is very utilitarian. Like I want something comfortable. I want something we can wipe off with baby wipes. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> so we need to define our ideal customer and you can do that using demographics um, and then also psychographics, mm-hmm. which I'm willing to say maybe even more important. And the psychographics are your values, your fears, your attitudes, and use all that information to create a, a customer profile or like an avatar or something. So uh, an example would be maybe a young, single, female college grad that cares about the environment and has a career making six figures. And her name is Jennifer. <laughs> so now anytime you're making choices, maybe about developing your brand visually or otherwise, you can say, what would resonate with Jennifer? You know, what would speak to her? And getting feedback from Jennifer. That's another, like, I hope maybe a weird interjecting comment that, you know, sometimes brands, they just kind of develop as a, as a result of feedback. Yes. I've been seeing a lot more of that lately. And I have seen, I've seen more companies and brands like starting the process of building with feedback and taking people along that journey. Um, I'm sure before they started, they had an idea of who that target audience was. Um, They didn't probably start from scratch, but um, I think that's been really neat to see as well. That's very smart. Getting that kind of feedback. Yeah. Step three then is going to be choosing the appropriate and harmonizing fonts, colors, and style of imagery. So let's give a maybe funny example of this. (laughs) You have a funeral service. You probably wouldn't use the font Comic Sans, as everyone knows. I mean, once you establish this is the kind of voice, this is the story, this is the theme, this is the feelings I want to convey, you need to match then the visual components with that so, so that it makes sense. And then number four would be to use that brand, you know, whether it's the tangible aspects like I do, you know, your logo, your colors, your font choices consistently, 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 consistently across all of your customer touch points. Yeah, I think, and I, we've talked about this before, um, on social media, you, I, you kind of get this like shiny object syndrome where you're looking around and you're like, oh, I should be doing that or I should be doing that or that looks cool. Should I be changing my look? And it's very tempting. I've definitely fallen into that trap before. And um, But if you really truly look at the people who are especially in the social media sphere doing well, they're staying consistent. I think more people need to trust maybe trust themselves. That's good advice overall. Trust your instincts. Plus, if you've already gone through and you've defined who you are and you've defined that ideal customer, that's going to lead you home, you know, then maybe that shiny object syndrome won't be so like, well, that looks real cool, you know, and I like what they're doing, but does that match with my brand voice? Does that match with my mission and my values? What advice would you give to someone that has maybe had a side business but wants to brand it and really launch it out into the world? Well, I guess uh, they need to do those those four steps. It's nice to create a little guide for yourself or have someone create one for you so you can reflect on that. Um, I really like creating brand style guides for my clients so that they can take that with them. They can hand that over to all the various vendors where they're going to be, you know, using their visual brand components. So 
let's say you want to have a billboard and the billboard company is going to design it for you, or you want to get some shirts made. So you're taking it to a, a t-shirt maker, um, any of those, you could just hand them, you know, or hand them this PDF that shows like, here are my standards. To recap, your voice, vision, values, and visuals are all important in establishing a solid brand that will reach your audience. Whether you are a new business starting out or an established business looking to refocus or refresh, the branding questions you need to ask yourself are all the same. Thank you for listening today. You can check out show notes and download a branding worksheet at smallrevolutionpodcast.com.